This is the Go Remote Podcast with your host, TJ Bowser, Chad Chrisman, and Big Johnny D. We have such sights to tell you. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gormore Podcast. This is your host with the most, TJ Bowser, and joining me today is the legendary CJ Graham. What's up, man? Hey, TJ. Thank you for the invite. Glad to be here. Thank you for coming aboard. So how was your week? Hey, you know, just enjoying myself, uh, just taking care of the horses and shoveling horse shit. Can we say horse shit on the <laughs> oh, uh, podcast? you could say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, just shoveling horse shit. So taking care of it every day. You got to clean those stalls out. Hey, got to keep busy somehow, you know? Exactly. Well, uh, before we get into our interview, uh, play a quick message from our sponsors, and I'll be right back. All right. The Gore and More Podcast is brought to you in part by... The iconic 80s slasher villain Jason Voorhees lives on in photography brought to you by 13 Gallows Lane. It's the home of Friday the 13th Blood and Gore cosplay photography. You can find them on Facebook at Gallows Goes to Hell, Instagram and Twitter at 13 Gallows Lane, and on Patreon at Emily Helene. Warning, Patreon content is not safe for work. Hey there, groovy guys and gals. Do you like spooky shit in horror movies? Then come on down to Cabin 13. Check out their selection of horror-themed props, pins, busts, collectibles, and more. Be sure to check Cabin 13 out on Facebook and Instagram. Get your ass over to Cabin 13 and buy something now! And we are back with the interview with CJ Graham. So, first question. How did you get involved with Friday the 13th Vengeance? Actually, I was approached by Jeremy Brown. Uh, who is the producer, director, and writer. Uh, and he asked me if I would participate as since it was taken off from the end of part six. And here we are three decades later, would I entertain playing Jason Voorhees' father, Elias Voorhees? And uh, I thought it was a wonderful chance, not to mention an opportunity to contribute to the Shriners Children's Hospital. So uh, I took on the uh, project. Awesome. Can you talk about your character, Elias Voorhees, and your approach to playing him? You know, the, the interesting thing is it was relatively easy because the uh, Elias Voorhees character obviously has the DNA of Jason. And being that I played Jason in part six, it was easy to uh, cross over, so to speak, into a speaking role, but of the same size as the man Jason Brooks that played uh, the Jason in this Vengeance film. Excellent. Uh, so what was your experience on the set of Friday the 13th Vengeance? Actually, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, Jeremy and Dustin and Jason and the entire crew. I was uh, just in awe of the expertise and the quality that they had put into it. Uh, I'm sure you you probably know that Tom McLaughlin, writer director of Part Six, did some consulting on this and also has a a bit part, uh, which was really nice. And of course, a good friend of mine, uh, Steve Dash. Uh, put his two cents worth in and played the sheriff. So that was kind of exciting. So for us, it was kind of an alumni film that included uh, two past Jasons and, of course, writer-director Tom McLaughlin. That's amazing. Uh, who were some of your favorite cast members to work with on and off set? Well, I, I've got to, I've got to give, uh, give it to Jason Brooks, who took the role of playing Jason and at the same time got heavily involved on the writing, the secondary directing, not to mention working with mixed special effects to get everything done. So uh, he and his crew worked timelessly 
over the last six or eight months, you know, every day they could, filming, shooting, editing, and going through the process. So I've really got to give it to them. And of course, Jeremy Brown, uh, taking the time and the consideration to do what he did to make sure it made uh, the expectations, it will make the expectations of the Friday the 13th series. Uh, the trailer definitely attests to that. Uh, it looks really high quality and it feels very, very uh, Friday the 13th-ish. It does, and I think that was a lot to do with Jeremy making sure that he stayed within the boundaries of the Friday the 13th. And at the same time, I got some information from Tom McLaughlin, how he could uh, change some of the lenses to give it more of a 80s uh, appeal, but still under high-definition technology with today's uh, drones and cameras and just the way they did it. I was extremely impressed and pleased at the same time. Excellent. We keep seeing and hearing the phrase, more than a fan film. What have you seen or been a part of to attest to this? I think that's going back to what I said earlier. I was so impressed by the quality of everything that was done, the locations, the shooting of the locations, the camera, and taking a look at the dailies and the editing process. Uh, You can tell they stepped it up with these cameras that were brought in and donated for the film to be shot at that quality. Beautiful home up in uh, Seattle, Washington, uh, where they actually built a full-size cabin and then continued to dilute that cabin throughout the series uh, with graffiti and stuff, uh, the campfires, and then the amount of people that contributed coming in from not just America, but overseas, Iraq, to participate in shooting and be part of this film. Wow. So what are some of your expectations for Friday the 13th Vengeance? Well, personally, I I hope the series gives a uh, kick in the the butt to, you know, the Friday the 13th itself. And hopefully they'll take a look at this and say, you know, uh, it's been 10 years. The fans are chomping at the bit. And if we don't do it as a major production, meaning the studios, then the fan films are going to kick in with today's technology, today's media, social media, and the avenues platforms used. I think they're going to miss their opportunity. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is how big things happen. You know, small ideas turn into big organizations, Microsoft, Google, etc. What was your favorite scene you filmed in Jason Lives and why? Uh, you know, the first scene for me, and the reason it may not have been the biggest scene to the fans or to yourself, but uh, my first scene on set was a uh, profile of Jason's hockey mask and the mobile home behind it rocking, Jason turning and tilting the head. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite because that was my first scene ever putting the wardrobe on and ever being in a film of that major production. Awesome. Uh, I guess that kind of goes into the, our next question is, did you ever have a moment when filming Jason Lives where you were like, holy shit, I'm Jason Voorhees? <laughs> I did. I did probably at the point when I was underwater, 20 feet, breathing off regulators and wondering how much they were paying me for doing this. Uh, <laughs> but it was a, it, it, it was a good thing because when we were at the Olympic-sized swimming pool, um, I was 20 feet underwater because it was an Olympic diving pool. Uh, and being chained down there, really being chained and dependent on safety divers to come in with oxygen, uh, you really are setting yourself up for the stunt coordinator and the stunt personnel to keep you alive. So I have the utmost respect for stunt people and the people around them. Every actor that has played Jason Voorhees has brought something unique to the character. What do you think that you added with your portrayal in Jason Lives? You know, I'd like to think that I took Jason from one through five and then put him into the next era of how Jason was to be represented. You know, he's not dead. 
is somewhat alive with curiosity, the brain cells are starting to connect where he's firing on all cylinders but still curious about everything he's doing. Uh, I tell a lot of people the blessing that I had playing Jason Part 6 is I get to have an opening like James Bond. I get to come back to life like Frankenstein. I get to wear a Batman utility belt and a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Alice Cooper, doing the music. That is cool and, in my personal opinion, puts us a little differently than the other Fridays. Yo, absolutely. Uh, do you think your portrayal of Jason Voorhees could stood up, can stand up to the task of taking down Freddy Krueger? You know, I, I, I people ask that question. I'm I'm more of a big fan. I don't think you know Alien versus Predator or Jason versus Michael Myers mm-hmm. is what I look to see. I really think they need to stand as a character on their own. But we have to remember, you know, Freddy is in the mind. Uh, Jason is a physical characteristic, so. I think what you're doing is you're playing with lightning in a bottle when you try to put the two characters together. Okay. Where would you like to see the Friday the 13th franchise go moving forward? Well, I'm hoping that Mr. Cunningham and Mr. Smith uh, can come to a reasonable solution. I think there is a legion of fans out there worldwide that are waiting for the major studios to put it together. So I'd like to see the two come together, and I'd like to see the resurrection actually uh, leading from the part six and bringing the series into where they can shoot two or three films in sequence at the same time and then put one out, shelf the other two, and over the next 18, 24 months, release those. Uh, kind of similar to a Harry Potter uh, storyline where there is some continuity and consistency. I think the fans would appreciate that. We've seen great shows, Game of Thrones, uh, Walking Dead, and with that continuity, I think it would bring a larger uh, fan of the the legions that are out there. And I do know from experience that the hockey mask has become iconic worldwide that I think it'd be uh, disappointing and too bad if we couldn't come to terms and get that out there. What was it like to work with Alice Cooper and film the music video for He's Back? That was great. Uh, my first concert I ever went to in like 1972 or three was Alice Cooper. Very first concert I ever saw, Welcome to My Nightmare, was called, uh, up in Seattle, Washington. So to have the honor in uh, 1986, 87, to do something with him, and just as recently as a month ago, doing a convention in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and putting on the wardrobe and having Alice Cooper in the middle of the fans taking photographs was pretty exhilarating. That's really, really cool. So talk about your role as Sergeant Bedlam, the Hell Cop, in 1991's Highway to Hell. You know, it's interesting. It's unfortunate that uh, the company, Hemdale Productions, once the film was shot, done, canned, on the shelf and getting ready for a distribution to the theaters, that the company bankruptcyed the entire company. So the film sat on a shelf, what we call the library, and once MGM United Artists bought it a few years back, there was some releases to it. But I think the cool thing about it is it had the aspirations and the opportunity that it could have been a real nice series. Uh, a lot of people will see a Hellcop photo on my table and go, you were Hellcop? And I'm going, yeah, they go, I love that show. <laughs> but, you know, so it has a small cult following, mm-hmm. but I really wish they could have got it out there with the fan base. Uh, you know, there were some great people in that. Uh, Christy Swanson, Buffy and the Vampire was in it. Chad Lowe, Rob Lowe's younger brother. Uh, Patrick Virgin, uh, who played opposite Julia Roberts, Sleeping with the Enemy. 
Um, so I was really impressed that back in the 80s, there was a rock and roll singer who's still out there, Lita Ford. Yes. So it really had a foundation. It was shot down in Arizona around Lake Powell. Uh, so it was exa- exactly kind of a fallback. Uh, the first gentleman, uh, I believe, who has since passed that played Predator, the original Predator, had a small bit part in it where his eyes were sewn shut with strings hanging out. And so there was some really cool special effects. And you may know or not know, there's a, a gentleman out there, Steve Johnson, well-known in the special effects industry, uh, that did all the special effects for that film. No, I did not. Uh, I did watch the film, Ben Stiller as the cook. <laughs> I, uh, yes, he and, is. And ben Attila Stiller's the mom and dad are in it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great film. And uh, your your character is just so, like, intense and like so right to the point doesn't mess around and it's 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 really cool to see you in a different role other than Jason uh it's it's interesting to say the least and it's a very good film in my opinion thank you thank you but thank you for coming on the gore more podcast that's uh that's all the questions i had for you and man i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on and answer these few uh questions for us tj thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast uh telling the fans thank you for their loyalty i mean none of us would be here uh, myself included if it hadn't been for everybody that's out there listening to the podcast and you know i'm excited that you know gore and more has become so successful so thank you for allowing to be on your show thank you for coming on well until next time everybody that's tj bowser signing off Yo, with your baby.